Jason. We are officially into season two of the 53 podcast. That's right. We recorded 39 episodes of season one. That was the 2020 NFL season. We recapped some fantasy football action. We did weekly recaps. We crowned a bunch of people. Um, what else did we do? We did division breakdowns. We, oh, yeah. we tried to guess who we thought was going to win the Super Bowl. We were completely wrong there. We, uh, but, we crowned some people. We might come up with some bad thing, you know. We, I'm not sure we did well, especially with the way that our the threes went all year. But, man, it was still fun to do. So maybe take that as a little teaser for some betting advice. That's right. We might do some betting. Um, but now that the season's over and the dust has settled and the Super Bowl has been won, it is time to look back and reflect on the season that was for our favorite teams. You got the Bears jersey on. You got the Bears hat on. So tonight I think we're going to do a Bears recap. The Bears were 8-8 eight and eight this season. They made their way into the playoffs. They really kind of snuck into the playoffs into that little – playoff spot there um mostly led by their defense uh nick Foles, mitch trubisky who's starting at quarterback week after week is a big question mark that's kind of how the nfl fan perceives the bears but we want to hear what you think about the bears and uh what you take away from this 2020 season yeah man uh so I always try to remind myself because I think I know a lot and then I'm always reminded that I know nothing. And I'm trying to look at this review as a Bears fan and not as a critic or a cynic because yeah. you know what? They were eight and eight and they made the playoffs. So you can't be that mad, can you? But <laughs> the other part of me is kind of like, you know, it was never going to be good enough. And you know, it was going to be, you know, just one more step prolonging the inevitable that you're not going to make it. We need to break it down and we need to start over and blah, 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 blah. So you, you got both sides of the fence there. And, you know, in the end, playoffs, sweet, some recognition. To me, I've heard other people say this too. I think the Bears are – the league is always better when the Bears are good. Um, hasn't been often lately, but, you know. I uh, it's kind of like one of those ones. They say the same thing about Dallas. They say the same thing about the Bulls. They say the same thing about the Lakers. You know, so it all kind of depends. So overall, I, I think my reaction to this 2020 Bears season is pretty much right in line with their record. Eight and eight. Meh. Yeah. You know, they, I think uh, that's fair. I think that's yeah. definitely fair. Jason, I'll give you some context, and then I'm going to ask you a question. But they did start the season out five and one. They yep. kind of went on a six-game slide. And really, that's what it was. The rest was history. They 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 turtle shell their way into the into the playoffs. Uh, lose hope. pretty badly to the Saints, I would say. Yep. Um, throughout that regular season stretch, they did beat the the Tampa Bay Bucks, who ended up winning the Super Bowl. So that's pretty cool. Yep. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you one thing about your team. If you could sum it all up the Chicago bears in the 2020, 2021 season into three words. How would you sum up this season? Oh, dang. Well, cause this may or may not be a kid's show. I'll try and keep the curse words out, but yeah. uh, we don't I know mean, yet. This is, this is a conversation I've had with my dad for the last 29 years is man, just typical bears. So I think, I think it's going to be same old bears. 
they find ways <laughs> to really get you excited, draw you in, like, all right, I can see this, everything's working. Um, you know, health aside, I mean, they go five and one. They win a couple of questionable games. They pull it out at the end. It's like, all right, that's just rust. And the character got them through it, and they can sustain this. And then they go on a six-game slide, and it's like, all right, now you're a game under 500. And it's like, well, there's no hope for nothing. And that's about when I went on my rant, uh, which I still hold to pretty much all of those comments. And then they find <laughs> a way to make the playoffs. So it becomes like this season was almost worth something. And it really wasn't because, like I alluded to earlier, it's kind of like, well, you're never – okay, you made the playoffs. There's always a chance. You can always get hot. But the Bears weren't hot. And they were playing some pretty damn good teams. And you just kind of feel like they're, they're more than one step away. So that, that's the same old Bears. I mean, okay, so they lost four games by one score or less. All right. So that takes eight and eight. You win all those games, perfect world. You're 12 and four. You're, you're, <laughs> you're one game behind the Packers. Like, holy shit. I hate talking like that, but it's very possible. And so that's the way that some of these fans look at the world. And I get that. But it just never really feels that way. And they always find a way to let you down when you're up and to bring you up when you're down. And you always kind of up eight, end up eight and eight. So I, I think for that reason, that's been that way for the last 10, 12, well, since the Super Bowl. So what is that, 06, 08, 06? So it's been 15 years. And yeah. I think that's why I go with same old Bears because – doesn't matter if they're 12 and four or four and 12, you kind of always feel the same. There's always some hope. You can never trust them and yada, yada. Yeah. Same old bears, man. I, I, I think you're right there. Obviously being the division rival to the Vikings, you guys beat us to eventually make the playoffs. That was a really pivotal game. Uh, the yep. second game we played against you guys. Um, and yeah, you just really couldn't click on all cylinders throughout the whole season and it showed, but when you guys were good, you were good. Um, so with that, I want to ask, let's talk, let's go down that path a little bit and talk about what made the Chicago Bears good in 2020 when they were sure. good and what you can look forward to that was good this year that you could hopefully see back next year. Sure. So a couple of quick points. One, they, one year removed from the nine or 13 kicker tryout. Uh, we finally found a kicker in Cairo Santos. He is the first kicker since Robbie good as gold that uh, my, I haven't had that roller coaster feeling where you're, you know, <laughs> that's come to your throat and your yeah. heart goes to your stomach. For sure. Um, that felt good. Um, Cause he statistically, I think only missed like one field goal and like two or three PATs. Um, and then halfway through the year, obviously we talked about that five and one up and that six game slide. Uh, at the end of that point, that's right around the time where Nagy withdrew his play calling duties to Bill Lazor, the OC, and we started to find some success, not in Nagy's system, but in running the ball. Um, we had some beat up offensive linemen, so I think we found our next center in Mustafer. I was supposed to be Daniels, it was supposed to be White Hair, but to put them at guard, it's been great. But they started running the ball, and that's always been Bears football. Um, so, kind of seeing more of what Montgomery can do. There's been questions whether he can be the guy or not. I think he can be, but I think you need to find a way to supplement him. Cohen should be back. Exciting. So, you know, the identity there, I think they spent the entire year looking for an identity. I don't think they ever saw it because it's always been run game. And it's always been defense. Well, they kind of found a run game towards the end of the year, but the defense fell off. And it's just, you know, yeah. The, the positive out of it for me as a whole is the young guys started to shine. Roquan Smith got robbed of a Pro Bowl All-Pro, statistically speaking, and just impact your defense, but we'll talk about that later. 
Uh, Jalen Johnson, rookie out of Utah, played exceptionally well opposite of Kyle Fuller at the corner position. Uh, Cole Komet came on later in the year as Laser started to use him more, uh, which was great. And that's kind of what you expect out of a rookie tight end, slow start, hopefully a strong finish. And then to me, Bilal Nichols, I think, is in his second or third year. We had Hakeem Hicks mix some time. Uh, Robert Quinn didn't play great. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of like that, well, I guess as Bears fans, he's the guy that we've got excited to look at, especially with um, Eddie Goldman out all year. He should be back next year, hopefully. Um, but that could be, again, a stout front. And do you know, I'm going to ask you a question real quick. Do you know what the statistic grouping of WAR means for defensive line? Wins above replacement in baseball. Yeah. Um, anyway, whatever that means, I have to brush that up. Sorry for not coming prepared. Bears were second in the league to that. And I think the Rams were up there uh, as far as best D-line. So one of those underwhelming ones, because we didn't have a ton of sacks. We didn't have a lot of pressures, but uh, they were very solid and stout throughout. So I think those are some of my points of being good. Yeah, I think I, I think you kind of hit it on the head. Obviously, the Chicago Bears, since Cleo Mack has gotten there, has been known for their defense. Although they have faltered in games and later in the season, it's really what you can hang your hat on going into 2021. But knowing that the defense isn't as solid as it was maybe two years ago, um, let's flip the coin and go over to the bad. What are we looking here in 2020 that was just very obviously bad and needs to be fixed going into next year? Sure. I mean, the obvious is no quarterback. Yeah. That, that's, I mean, really, you could end the segment right there. Um, the uh, injuries to a lot of the team, but most of the offensive line doing a lot of shuffling. They figured it out late, but, you know, thinking you got guys in spots and taking the backups and they doing well um, makes you think a lot about the identity of the offensive line going into next year. And then uh, the defense, and that's really you know, it's blasphemous to say because they statistically ended up pretty decent. They, I think they're above the top half of the league, but as far as Chicago Bears standards go, it was a regression. I mean, we saw step, well, Robert Quinn was non-existent. He comes first snap of his new contract with us, sack, fumble, sweep. And then he only had one other sack the rest of the season. I mean, Damn. come on now. Um, Danny Trevathan, slow and hurt. You can see he's starting to age. That contract looks bad. He didn't play ultimately very great. Um, you know, hard to shine when Roquan's tearing it up like that. And then lastly, um, I, this one I'm still kind of jury out on for having Eddie Jackson, you saw statistically huge regression. Didn't make the Pro Bowl, didn't have a lot of picks, not making all these plays. Part of that is I think the scheme was dummied down. It didn't highlight him well enough. But also, guys just aren't throwing his way. They're not putting the ball in that area for him to wreck the game. So uh, it's kind of my equivalent to, you know, putting three guys on Khalil Mack. He still graded top PFF grade for edge rushers, Khalil Mack did. But, you know, he's not sexy. He didn't have 15 sacks like he could have. He only had like eight or ten. Um, same thing with Eddie Jackson. He graded okay, but you know when you're not putting the ball on that side of the field, it's really hard to get film on a guy for a year. So um, those are kind of like my three sticking points for regression this year. Yeah, I think uh, I think you hit it on the head there again. And to be honest with you, I I think once the Bears do solve their biggest problem uh, at the quarterback position, they're still sitting on a very good roster and a very good team that is realistically one or two pieces away from, I'm not going to say Super Bowl or anything, but 
at least winning a game in the playoffs. I mean, making the playoffs this year in an up and down season with a quarterback controversy all the way through. If you can shore that up, who knows how that's going to happen. That might be a different, whole different conversation. You shore that up on your offensive side, Allen Robinson stays, maybe he doesn't. This team could be right back where they were with one or two more wins uh, in 2021. But I was going to ask you this question. They, they, they found success. They won the division two years ago. Uh, last year was um, – I forget exactly what you guys did last year. But uh, uh, I think we were 7-9 and nine last year. 7-9. and nine. Just missed it. But what was, what was the trend this year compared to what you guys have been doing in the past? I know listening to you for a whole season now, you've continued to regress on how much you had faith in this coaching staff and in this front office. Is that something that is, is now just come to light or is that something that changed this year that you feel – is the reason why you want them gone or some new faces in there or what's happening? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. So, I mean, front office, the front office has been what it's been since I've been alive and that's been kind of the problem, you know, since McCaskey's been there, they've had Ted Phillips, the president, and they haven't really had a, much of a chance since the 85 bears because they've gone away from having, you know, the crazy, a whole coach that just knows how to win and the high standard and I'm going to push my guys by yelling and, you know, just that steamroller type. The league's gone away from that, but you also had a locker room full of just extreme talent, didn't care how crazy they were. And it just kind of always felt as a Bears fan that the front office just kind of went more towards high character, choir boys. It's like, you know, I'm always of the mind that you need a couple of crazy motherfuckers to win games. That's like right. that's, that's what football is. Like I understand there's that the product that you put on the field that represents the team and the organization mm -hmm. to win games. But then there's also the marketing. There's also the field. There's also the ownership that they have their own twist on things. So I get that. To me, that's got to change if you want to win Super Bowls as a fan. Um, because, I mean, you look at the Chiefs. I mean, you've got, a, you've got quite a few former felons on that team. They also happen to be two of the fastest guys in the league. You've got, you know, some guys oh that are not, they're all about, look at me. They're flashy, but they're super talented. A case in point, Travis Kelsey. He's all about his bling, his get up, you know, having the parties and, you know, you got to fight for your right to party, double chugging, his wrestling stuff, you know. So I think that's something that the front office needs to think about. As far as the coaching staff, I love the culture and club dub and that the guys come back and have some of these wins because, you know, you have close games. And well, case in point, look at the 2017 season where we were 12 and 4. Now, you're 12 and 4. You can't take that away from anybody, but it kind of feels a lot like the Steelers 13 and 3 this year in that they won those games. They were able to beat bad teams, and that's what you should do. Right. But it was very hollow because the offense was gimmicky. There wasn't a whole lot of substance, or like there was no five set plays where I know we're that good. We're going to run these and they're going to work no matter what. Yeah. I think, I think the comparison to the Steelers is almost perfect. The Steelers ran such a gimmicky offense this year where their yards per completion um, when throwing the ball were almost two yards lower than any, any other team in the league. That means that yep. they were throwing so many screens and so many little, little small hitchy routes 
to get the ball into the hands of their receivers. And that is a good equation to what the gimmicky offense was when Mitch was a rookie, second, third year guy. And, you know, that, that stuff oversimplified offense type of deal gets boring after a while. And I feel like that's what's happening with the bears. You, you, you found a stalemate and it's boring. I'm, I'm a fan of Montgomery. I think he's, he can be your guy, your workhorse going into next year, but that offense isn't going to change until the signal caller changes, unfortunately. Right. We'll go on to the next thing. Um, Let's talk about offense. Sure. We'll go into it as what you saw here in 2020 and then what you hope to see maybe in the offseason, draft-wise, free agency-wise, and then into 2021. But overall, I want to get your thoughts on how the offense performed in the total of 2020 compared to 2019 as well, if that helps. Sure. You know, and compared to 2019, it was the same. I mean, give or take. I mean, statistically, I don't know, but it just felt the same. Grade-wise, I'd give them, I'd give them a D to start the year, even though they won games, and then the middle of the year gave them a D because there was no identity, and they picked it up once they, you know, they traded play calling to Matt Nagy. I don't think that's why they picked it up, but they established themselves in the run game, and that, you know. You've got no consistency. That's the easiest place to find consistency. So that was the biggest yeah. thing for me because I know since Nagy came into our organization here, he kind of said F you to the run game. And last year they were struggling. They ran the ball, double tights, and it worked. And then the second half of this year, they started running the ball downhill, even with even out of zone. And it worked. You know, and so that's something where it's kind of embarrassing for Nagy on that, but that's always going to be Bears football. That's really how football works, though. You need to be able to get second and medium or second and short. And running the ball is usually how you're going to do that, especially with an inefficient quarterback. So that's that's my two cents on the offense because X, Y, and Z, you just got to get second and manageable, and you got to set a tone. And, you know, if you're getting every other one, it's not really working. Yeah, um, Jason. I um, I mentioned the name earlier, and I want to get your thoughts on it now yeah. before we move on. But I think the biggest free agency name outside of quarterbacks very possibly could be uh, your number one wide receiver, Allen Robinson. As he's looking into his free agency, probably looking to get paid, he might be the number one receiver uh, yep. as far as a contract deal goes. Do you see somebody like him staying in Chicago? And if he leaves, how do you how do you supplant that on your wide receiver core that is very young? I think there is talent, but it's unproven. Uh, Cole Komet as a as a tight end might be a nice little uh, addition uh, in his second year in 2021. But where do you go with that? Is Allen Robinson going to stay? And if not, where can you find help elsewhere? Alan Robinson has come out and said he's open to anything. If I'm him, I'm getting the fuck out of Dodge. Um, Just because for his career. Okay, so he put up – what did he put up? He put up, I think, 102 catches, six touchdowns, 1,250 yards. Still sweet. Um, But that's – you're never going to win nothing with that, you know, if you got no support. So a lot of questions unpacked there. Real quickly, the Bears right now going, as of today, are about $6 over the cap. So you're going to have to cut guys like both your tackles, 
you're going to have to cut your slot cornerback and a bunch of guys just to get a little bit under even. Not good. Not great, but at the same time, our tackles aren't great. So you might as well draft and start over. Uh, we have some young guys on the defensive side that could fill those roles. With that, right now, franchise tag or the franchise tag is an average of the five top paid or 150% or 120% of your last paycheck, whichever is greater. Um, Allen Robinson is going to command $18 million for next year. Yep. So there's two options that the Bears can do. They can offer him the free agency tag or they can give him the exclusive rights free, free agency tag, which would basically say we're going to pay you the free agency amount. If somebody else wants to sign you another contract, they have to give us two first-round picks. Best option for the Bears, nobody's going to give two firsts for Allen Robinson. So I don't know if there's a benefit for that. I don't know that all the way, but I do know that those are some of the things that they can do. Yeah. Now, to answer the thing about the offense for next year, free agency, draft, et cetera, the three most, position, three most important positions in football in order are what? They're always quarterback, offensive line, defensive line. You're not going to convince me of anything other than that. Ever. I think it's fair. So those are the three things that you address. If you're going to do this and you're going to do it right, which I'm sure the Bears will not in this strategy because Allen Robinson is a great dude on and off the field, and he's a guy that everybody loves. Figure out the quarterback position. I'm not saying sell the farm for Carson Wentz. Never, ever. Commit <laughs> to that. And if that doesn't mean this year, Bears fans, you need to you know get off the high horse and understand there's a lot more to rebuild here. But understand you have Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace in contract years, and they're on the way out. So they're going to try and make a splash now and kind of fuck us with our resources for next year. Understand that as gospel truth and you'll be able to get through the why. Are you okay with it? I won't be, but you address quarterback first, offensive line second, yep. defensive line third, no matter what. That's, how you, that's the winning formula. Teams are doing it. Teams that won the Super Bowl are doing it. Teams that got past the first round of the playoffs are doing it. So case in point, that's all you got to do. How they get it done, I don't care. Do it. I don't care about draft picks. Sell the farm because I'd rather have a proven player than a draft pick. There it is. Unless it's Carson Wentz. And then I'd rather have the draft pick. <laughs> Jesus. I, I, um, it's a one-year rental, fine, but not. don't sell the future on that. Don't hedge the – yeah. All right, that's fine. I, I think I differ in opinions than you on Carson Wentz. But then again, if Carson Wentz goes from the Eagles, who were banged up the last two years at all the specialty positions on offense, to the Bears, even if they're healthy, is probably an equal trade or even worse of a position to put Carson Wentz in as far as weapons go. So that's sad. that'd be sad for him. I mean, Carson is sitting there winning four games in a row to make the playoffs, makes the playoffs, gets hurt against the Seahawks. This is in 2019. And then they don't win that game because once gets hurt at half, before halftime. Right. And then this whole past year is just a mess because everyone's hurt. Alshon Jeffrey haven't heard from him since the Super Bowl. Same shit could happen if he goes to Chicago and he just sits there and says, well, Allen Robinson's not here. Uh, right. I'm throwing to a bunch of rookies, this Mooney kid. I'm throwing to Cole Komet, who barely knows how to spell his own name. Um, I don't know why I shit on Cole Komet. I like him a lot. Uh, just say, uh, believe, baby. that was just that was just uh, a reference to how young he is, not that he's stupid or anything. Oh, I feel you. He was a golden uh, donor. He's got to be smart. I know. I was. I was not demeaning his intelligence. Um, 
but yeah, so uh, yeah, if Wentz isn't the guy, sadly, you're looking at Nick Foles or Trubisky to be your quarterback into 2021. I could see why a Bears fan might not be super optimistic going into the next year. Sure. Well, with that and your intensive knowledge of the Chicago Bears and watching every single game religiously, what would you have done differently either coaching this team or overseeing this team uh, just from a, a, a macro level um, that maybe could have resulted in one or two more wins or if you had a strategy to beat the Saints in the playoffs, please let me know because it doesn't look like the Bears did. But anything you would have done differently uh, in the 2020 season? Yeah, I guess from the high level, the macro level, like you said, I would have stuck with Mitch uh, for two reasons. One, because you can't have a quarterback in flux. Uh, I think they were looking for a reason to pull the cord, and I would have stuck with him. Um, and the other one would have been run the ball. And those two points go to the biggest point that any team can have in a season, especially in offense, but any team, is you need to find and establish your identity as early and often as you can in a season. Yeah. They didn't find it out till, till they beat – Till they beat the Texans in like week 13, no, one, two, three, four. Yeah, week 14. And that was badass defense, run the ball, move the ball around type of thing. And that's, you know, again, again, they finished the season with a couple of bad teams, so it looks like they found an entity. They might not have, but you need to find that early and often, both sides of the ball. And you need to be able to figure that out early. And how you do that is by, you know, on offense, you need to script your first 15 plays. Your first two drives need to be scripted to see what's going to work, to see what's working on your side, to see what the defense is giving you and just find a rhythm. I am such a big believer in a rhythm. Yeah. Um, and you can see that there was never a rhythm because Nagy always gets too cute and there's no semblance of anything North of a positive third down conversion on offense. So those are kind of the things for offense on defense. I would just find a way to dial up more pressure. Um, Fair. We saw the Super Bowl winning team. Tampa Bay Bucks, they did a great job with their front four getting pressure, but when it came down to it and you had to decide on a crucial down in any game, are you going to sit back and pass defend or are you going to send an extra guy or two or three? I would say 60% of the time, 70% of the time, they were sending the extra guy because even Tom Brady, even Patrick Mahomes, especially twice this year, Aaron Rodgers, they don't play so great as well under pressure. So right. I don't care if you see it coming. I don't care if you don't see it coming. Send the extra guy. Get the guy off his spot. Make him make a, a bad read or a play a little bit early. Give your guys a chance. Those are the two things, offense and defense, that I would do. Yeah, I like your uh, aggressive nature on defense and wanting your team to be more aggressive. I mean, the Bears that I grew up watching were very aggressive. And uh, I, I think you're right. You're sitting back and being more um, conservative in play calling on defense has led to what you guys are now and is not a not necessarily it's a good defense but not one to be scared of or fearful of and you kind of want that edge back and maybe that's what it is dialing up that pressure yeah Uh, being bottom third in both sacks and takeaways on defense is never a good recipe and this is the first time in a little while we've been bottom third in both except for when mel tucker was the dc under trustman either way that's never a success successful successful Mark Trussman, what a guy. That was never a successful 
mixture. Well, I got one more question for you before we end the Bears 2020 season recap. Sure. And that is, and this is very early in the process, and we're going to be having weekly podcasts leading up to it. So it's not like you need to give me an answer now, but we're going to hit free agency and we're going to hit a draft. In your, let's say, ideal world, and sure. I know money is a huge issue, so you don't, have, you don't have to explain it to me on paper as how you'll pay for it or anything, but in an ideal world, what types of players are you looking at? If you have specific names, great. If not, what type of players are you looking at at free agency and in the first couple rounds of the draft to plug and play in this Bears team? Okay, ideal world, I'm taking Dak Prescott, J.J. Watt, Jamar Chase, and uh, Trent Williams. That's ideal world. Yeah, uh, I like it. <laughs> so that's three free agents and a rookie. Um, how they make that happen, I have no idea. So I kind of like I'll, I'll, I'll raise I'll see you and raise you to if I am not Ryan Pace because obviously contract not contract here but hot seat. I'm going to be doing something to save my ass more than what's best for the organization. I'm going to look yeah. at the best for organization. Um, I am going to do what's best for the team. I need to solve the quarterback position. And if I don't think I can get value out of that this year in the draft or in free agency, I'm going to hold off a year. I'm going to do a one or two year buy and, you know, getting a, a Fitzmagic cam or somebody who's been around the league. I can trust them for two years while I build other parts of my roster. And if I can't get a quarterback that I am in love with, that's going to be the guy for a couple of years, I am going to go draft a couple of linemen, both sides of the ball. I am going to get ugly. I am going to get in the trenches. Uh, it's working right now yeah. for the Colts, who to me are one receiver and one quarterback away. It's working for Tampa Bay, who are one nothing away. Well, one injury you know, could have been bad, but you know the Chiefs, they're very deep. They need some help on defense, but they're, they have all of the key positions filled. They didn't win the Super Bowl partially because they had five guys on the offensive line out of their positions and hurt and yada, yada. So I'm going to take this year, this coming season, as a slow, methodical progression year. I need to see progress out of a lot of my young guys. I need to see a direction and I need to have an identity going into the following season. Yeah. Well, That's what I'm looking for. I mean, real simple. I don't know. I mean, one, if you're not spending a lot, you're already over the cap right now. you got to make some tough decisions going into next year, which means you're going to miss some you're going to be missing a few guys and uh, it's going to be, it's going to be tough to make it work money wise. So you got to kind of give yourself a breather here, which again, it's not going to happen with Nagy and pace in the hot seat, but I think that's going to be the right thing for the team. I think that's great. And you gave me, I'll close this out with this. Okay. You gave me a three word description to describe what the bears were in 2020. Could you give me another three word description on what you would want your tagline to be going into 2021. What are those three words or a phrase? It doesn't have to be three words. What is the, the phrase that tickers at the very end of your 2021 hype video? You know, every team's been putting out these hype videos. It's a minute and 20 a minute and 20 seconds long. And at the end it's, Chicago Bears, classic C logo, or the bear itself, and then it flashes, boom, boom, boom. What does it say? 
ah, man. I want to get so clever and so creative on these things, but I'm going to put the, uh, the Tasha family crest slogan on it. And it's going to say, yeah. run the damn ball. I like it. That's all it's going to be. Run the damn ball. And that's going to solve a lot of problems because not only is it a play call, it is a lifestyle. It is a way of life. It is an attitude. It is everything. Run the damn ball. Yeah. We, we called that the lunch pail. The lunch pail game plan. It's time to go to work, old line. Bring your lunch pails. Let's play. Go to work. All right, man. That is Bears 2020 season recap. I can't believe it's already season two of the 53 podcast. This is officially episode 40. We'll just call it season two, episode one, and we'll actually start counting episodes starting today, which is um, a Tuesday here in February, Tuesday, February 16th. We will be recording a Vikings one with these and a special guest who we've seen in the past. He actually did a Viking uh, season to come video with me in the off season. Now we're going to do a recap together and that is Alex. He's a devout listener as well. So we're excited for that. Colsey so, baby. So this should be uploaded sometime Wednesday, February 17th. We will be recording the Vikings one on Thursday night and be recorded and upload it before the weekend so that is uh what is to look forward to we will be breaking down a bunch of free agency stuff which is our favorite thing to do oh yeah uh, and football is free agency and just how all these guys fit on different teams and see the jersey swaps and all the edits on twitter is so much fun and then obviously a little down the line but see how these college guys are gonna fit in nfl draft it doesn't seem uh, like it's close at all, but it is really just around the corner as we saw Trevor Lawrence ball out at his oh, combine man. and just prove to everybody that he is the number one pick and he is hopefully the next generational talent that we're seeing at the at the quarterback position. And the league is in really good hands with quarterbacks under 25 years old right now, or let's call it 26 years old. And oh, yeah. he's hoping to be another one of those guys. I'm super excited for that as well. Uh, but that will all come to you in weekly episodes here on the 53. So once again, my name is Luke and this is Jason. Any last words, buddy? It's been a pleasure. 2020, 2021 is in the books. Bring on next year. And man, I cannot wait to hear you and Alex go at it for the Vikings, man. Can't wait. I uh, can't wait, man. I He's so optimistic about the purple and gold. That we need that I, I in love this life, I, I love we talking to him that. about it because he he will put a positive light on anything. And, you know, he the fun thing about him, too, is he has his favorite players on the team. I got my favorite players on the team. So I'm yep. sure we'll be going back and forth on, on that as well. So look forward to that one. It should be dropping sometime on Friday this week. So, Oh, yeah, man. The world needs more fans that are fans at the end of the day. Because right now, nobody wants to live, you know, not an awesome season. You guys finished the game under 500. Nobody wants to hear someone saying, I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. So to have a little mix of the two, man, I, I'm excited. <laughs> that's right, man. So uh, that's it. Signing off. <laughs>